Good morning, everyone. If you're like me, you love food, and I especially love my wife's cooking. Uh, one of the, my favorite dishes that she prepares for me is called butter chicken. And uh, you'll see a little picture of what butter chicken looks like right here um, over my right shoulder. Um, but I, I thought about food and, and how we blend different ingredients together to make a sumptuous dish. And the, so I, I got the recipe, my wife's recipe for butter chicken, and it's right here in my hand. And, and, and here are some of the ingredients that go into butter chicken. Um, so you've got here salt and pepper. Uh, this is masala. I haven't tasted that by itself. But, uh, and then behind that is grapeseed oil. And then right here, uh, there's chili powder, um, butter, um, and then there's uh, some coriander, uh, seed, some curry. Um, there is here some ginger and, um, and then some onion and some garlic. Now, each of these ingredients by themselves doesn't taste good. They're, they're, they're kind of bitter. And, and I know what ginger tastes like. I tried this by mistake once uh, by itself. And uh, I don't recommend it. Not good. Um, I'm not going to try. I've got a little clove of garlic here, and I thought I might just take a bite of it uh, here to entertain you, but I think I'm, oh, that's terrible. Okay. Um, but it's interesting how life is like a recipe. Um, just as my wife's recipe for butter chicken, which is so tasty, um, has all these bitter ingredients in it, and, and things even like butter, butter, raw butter by itself is horrible. And so when you put all these together, you blend them, and then you cook them. You have to heat them up, uh, and you put in all the ingredients in the right proportions. Then it makes for a very savory meal, and life is like that. Earlier, Shamal Ranasinga, one of our board members, read the scripture to you and explained a little bit about it. It's the story of Joseph, and uh, Joseph had a lot of bitter experiences in his life, and he had some sweet experiences in his life as well. Um, you know that his brothers had betrayed him um, and abandoned him, and then eventually he came to a place of power where he had the, the capacity to get even with them, to pay them back for what they, they did. And you know, I, I've never been betrayed the way uh, we read about in the story of Joseph, um, but I have been um, wrongly accused. Uh, I've been mistreated. Uh, I have felt like you have misunderstood sometimes. Um, I have had my motives impugned. Um, I've had uh, people verbally and emotionally uh, abuse me. And so I know a little bit about that sort of pain, the mistreatment of other people. Um, but the Lord has taught me through my Christian experience, to look at life through the lens of His sovereign grace. God is sovereign, which means that He is in control. And because of His grace, God can take all the bad in our lives and turn it into something good. So even in the worst moments of my life, I know that God was there. Even before I knew God, He was watching over me and bringing me to a place of faith in the Lord Jesus, and bringing me to 
the place where I am now where I can fulfill his purpose in my life. And so I can be at peace with everything in my past, the bitter experiences as well as the sweet experiences of my life. And I can be at peace with those who've hurt me or who have wounded me because I know that God was in control and watching over me the whole time to bring me to the place that I am now in my life. And so the Lord has taught me through that the grace of forgiveness. Um, God can take the worst uh, evils inflicted upon you and he can turn them into something good for you and for others. So how about you that are watching this today? Um, maybe you're uh, at a place in your life where you're filled with grievance. I, I, I know people like this. I've met people like this in my life. Their whole life uh, is about uh, deep-seated um, bitterness and resentment. Uh, they fantasize about uh, ways that they can get even with the people who have offended them or hurt them in some way. Um, and, you know, it's just not a good way to go through life. You know, these people, what they'll, I, I imagine that what they're doing is they're thinking um, mentally about how they will be able to uh, pay those people back and how good they're going to feel when they do get their revenge. Well, I got news for you. If you get your revenge and you do to people what they did to you, you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel worse. You know what feels good? Here's what feels good. It feels good to confess the things you've done wrong. If you've hurt other people, if you've wounded them, mistreated them, if you repent of that and you, and you tell them and make it right with them, that feels good. And the other thing that feels good is if somebody has mistreated you in some way is when you extend the hand of forgiveness and even go beyond that and also offer kindness to them. Wow. There is no feeling like that feeling. That is God's way. And so I want to encourage you uh, to do that and, and, and not to let the grievances or the injustices of the past keep you from doing the will of God in the present. And so back to the story of Joseph. Um, if you read Genesis uh, chapter uh, 37 to 50, the last several chapters of the book of Genesis, you'll find that Joseph was the youngest of 11 sons at that time, and he was the favored son of his father, Jacob. And it tells us that his brothers were jealous of him, and to make matters worse, um, he had these dreams that his brothers would one day bow down before him in servitude, that you know, he had this dream about these sheaves of wheat and his brother's sheaves of wheat were bowing down to his sheave of wheat. And they thought, how arrogant is our baby brother? And so what they did eventually is they um, took him on a journey and they abandoned him. They threw him into a pit um, and they left him for some Midianite uh, slave traders. And he was brought to Egypt. Um, and his, the story there is he eventually uh, finds a place uh, in the house of Potiphar, uh, an, an Egyptian man, and he serves in his household, and things are pretty good until Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, and then there's the downward spiral uh, where he eventually ends up in prison, which is really like a dark, dank dungeon, a horrible existence. And then because Joseph 
was able to interpret dreams. He interprets the dreams of two men that were in prison with him. And because of that, he eventually finds his way to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and interprets one of his dreams. And because of the interpretation and the wisdom that Pharaoh saw in Joseph, eventually Pharaoh says, I am going to make you second in power and authority only to me. And what happened was that the dream that Pharaoh had was that there would be seven years of prosperity in Egypt followed by seven years of famine. And when Joseph was able to interpret that to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, I am going to put you in charge of all uh, the food in Egypt. And so when the seven years of famine come, you can be in charge of the distribution of that food for all who come seeking help. And so he becomes governor, and he's second in power to Pharaoh alone. And so basically Joseph goes um, from the pit where his brothers left him into prison, uh, down, down, and then eventually is elevated to the palace. Um, and so we read in Genesis chapter 45, and Shemal read that to you earlier, that when Joseph's brothers eventually come before him, um, not knowing that their brother Joseph is this Egyptian lord, uh, they bow down before him. They prostrate themselves in servitude, asking for food and grain. And Joseph must have realized in that moment that that was the fulfillment of the sheaves of wheat that were bowing down before his sheave of wheat. And then eventually, the, the, uh, the Bible tells us that Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and he said, hey, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you betrayed and left for dead. But don't worry, because God used this to bring about your salvation so I could take care of you and your family. Well, things were good for a while, but then Jacob, their father, dies. And now Joseph's brothers are worried that he's now going to pay them back for the wrongs that they did to him. And so they fabricate this story uh, saying, uh, Joseph, uh, our dad, before he died, uh, wants you to know that you shouldn't mistreat us, uh, that you need to be really good to us. And Joseph hears this, and he senses the fear in his brothers. And um, it tells us that he wept. Joseph uh, got emotional about that. And he had compassion for his brothers. Um, and Joseph is filled with mercy towards his brothers. And this is what Joseph says. And this is what I want us to focus on. In verses 19 and 20, Genesis chapter 50, Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Am I God to judge you? You intended to harm me. But God, there's those words, but God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God had given Joseph deep insight into his ways. In retrospect, Joseph was able to see that everything that had happened to him, the pit, the prison, and eventually the palace, that that was all part of God's plan to bring him to this place 
where he was able to help his family. Uh, it didn't make sense at the time that Joseph was going through it. But Joseph now realized that God can take the worst evils of our lives and use them to bring about something good. And so Joseph shows mercy to his brothers. But he doesn't stop there. He takes the next step. And it tells us in verse 21 that Joseph then said, I will take care of all of you, my brothers, and your families. And so I want to challenge you with this and ask you this question. Why do we need to hear this story about Joseph in the Old Testament? I mean, that happened thousands of years ago. Why is this important for us today? Well, it's because of a verse in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 4. It says this, that these things were written, everything written in the Bible was written to teach us, to serve as an example for us. You know what? People in thousands of years, we have not changed really that much. And so I want to ask you, who are you in this story? Maybe you identify with Joseph's brothers. Maybe you're uh, a person who's um, inflicted pain upon somebody. Maybe you've mistreated somebody. Maybe you've bullied someone. Um, and if that's you, I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you today to do what Joseph's brothers did. I want you to go to those people, if you can, or write them, and confess what you've done. Admit it. Acknowledge it. And say, you know what? Uh, you know, a few months ago, I, I said this, I did this, and I, I have to ask you to forgive me. And what I would challenge you to do if, if you're that person is why don't you take a piece of paper and write down the names of some of those people that you need to go to or organizations that you need to go to and make it right. Or maybe you identify with Joseph, the victim in this story. Um, so if you identify with Joseph and you're feeling victimized right now and aggrieved, Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. I want you to first of all say, Lord, thank you for your sovereign grace. Thank you that in all those experiences, the bitter ones as well as the sweet ones, that you were with me. You were watching over me. And I thank you, Lord, that you have the power and the will to transform all the circumstances of my life and use them for good. Um, would you submit yourself to the will of God and just say, Lord, whatever comes my way and whatever has come my way, I'm okay with it. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take a piece of paper and I want to ask you to write down the names of all those people that you have held a grudge against or the people who have wounded you in some way. Write their names down. And I, maybe stop and pray and ask the Lord to reveal anybody that you need to forgive. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take a match. I better be careful here. And I want you to take that paper and light it on fire and burn it And don't blow it out like I did, but maybe throw it in a safe place 
until it is burned completely and there is no more record of wrongs. Isn't this what the Lord taught us through Jesus where it says in 2 Corinthians 5.19, God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God did that for you, and he did that for me. And so we need to forgive just as the Lord himself forgave us. Would you do that? And then would you ask the Lord to show you how you can show kindness to these people as you have opportunity? See, it isn't enough to just do no harm and not seek revenge. But we must also overcome evil by doing good to those who have mistreated us in some way. And so I'm going to challenge you to do that and make that the application of this message. Do what Joseph did. And not only show mercy, but also show grace and kindness. You know what mercy is? Mercy is the minimum of what we should do. Mercy is just where we withhold the bad things that people do deserve. But grace and kindness is where we give the things to people that they don't deserve. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to do that. I want you to think right now of what's the worst thing that you think anybody could do against you, to wound you, to hurt you. Um, can you imagine how God might take that and transform it into something good? Uh, imagine the difference that you could make in the world if you would give up the bitterness and the resentments of your life. Begin to look through the lenses of God and be able to see from His perspective that He can take the worst of evils inflicted upon you and turn them into something good and something for His glory. The prayer of serenity says, God, grant me the serenity, the peace, to accept the things I cannot change. That's the first part of that prayer. Can you do that? Just say, God, help me to accept the past, all the bitter experiences of my life. And then, Lord, would you show me how I can use that to accomplish your purposes today? With all the injustices that occurred in Joseph's life, God was busy preparing him for what was to come. Joseph probably did not know what God's game plan was. He didn't see the long road. God always sees the long road. But Joseph did have faith in God. He didn't have all the insight that he needed at the time. But later on, in retrospect, he could see what God was up to. That's why he was able to say, what you intended for good, God, or what you intended for harm, God meant for good. And so we see God's sovereignty uh, most clearly through the cross of Jesus Christ himself. Um, you know, when I read the story of Joseph, I can't help but think of Jesus because he was betrayed. 
by Judas, one of his closest followers. And then he was denied by his closest disciple, Peter, and deserted by all the rest. He was abandoned and forsaken by those who were closest to him. And yet God used all of that to bring redemption to the world. God used the cross where Jesus died to bring about our forgiveness and our salvation. They intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. So would you accept God's recipe for your life? All these bitter ingredients that go into butter chicken, think about the bitter experiences of your life and say, God, that's all part of your recipe. And all of these ingredients that you pour into my life, that you allow me to experience, you just have a beautiful way of mixing all that together and making something beautiful out of it. Would you accept that? You don't have to let the grievances of the past stop you from doing the will of God in the present. Would you be like Joseph? And would you be like Jesus? And would you say to those who've hurt you, wounded you, mistreated you, would you say, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. And I hold no grudges. Would you pray with me? In prayer, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to come before God and ask the Holy Spirit for the grace to see all the wrongs ever done against you as something that He can use to bring about a greater good. You need spiritual insight for that. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to see my life the way you see it. I want to see the long road. I want to understand my life the way you understand it. Would you be willing to trust God in the dark when nothing in your life seems to make sense? When you seem to be on a downward spiral and you feel that you've been forsaken? trust him. Would you say to God, Lord, my life is not my own. It belongs to you. So if the things, Lord, that have happened in my life up until now are a part of your plan and purpose, then I submit myself right now to your will. Because of your great love and compassion, nothing that anyone has ever done to harm me can thwart your purposes for my life. Thank you, Lord, that you're able to take all of the ingredients of my life, the bitter ones and the sweet ones, the bad and the good, and use them to accomplish your purposes. And as we continue in prayer, would you now be willing to show kindness to those who've mistreated you, who've persecuted you and caused you harm? Would you be willing to surrender your right to get even? Because this is what the Bible teaches us. So to show mercy, but not just to stop at mercy, 
to also go the next mile, and that is to show kindness to those who've been cruel to you. And pray this with me, please. Lord, because you've shown kindness to me and you have forgiven me my transgressions, my sins, I now commit myself to show kindness to those who've mistreated me. I surrender my right to get even or to return evil for evil. By your grace, I choose to return wrath with kindness. Remember that no matter how much evil has been inflicted upon you, God can use it to bring about something good. You can always choose the way of mercy and grace and kindness. That is the way that Jesus taught us. Would you ask God now for insight? Ask Him to reveal how He wants to use you in the present and in the future. And would you say, Lord, please show me what your plan is now. Show me what part you want me to play in accomplishing your grand purpose. I want to do your will and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen.